It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and it is time for the virtual bible study we're glad you're a part of it tonight we look forward to hearing from you eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the number to call if you're listening to us in the live version on this thursday night april 22nd 2010 the email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. If you're listening to us in the podcasted version, a recording of our program on August 22nd, you are welcome to use that email address. April, April 22nd. April 22nd. Or call, and we'd love to hear from you, even if you're listening to the recorded version. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you on Thursday night, as always, for the virtual Bible study. Yeah, looking forward to our uh, discussion tonight. If you are watching our video feed at Ustream.tv, you can join in the chat room with other listeners. Anthony in Columbia, Tennessee is there with Sharon from Orangeburg, South Carolina, and you can join in uh, with those listeners and uh, comment on the program as we have an interesting uh, program planned for tonight. want to talk about uh, the prom. Well, we want to talk about dancing in general and the prom, Jacob, because we're right in the middle of that season in fact, I drove by the local high school today, and on their sign out front, I see that their prom is tomorrow night or Saturday. I guess it's Saturday night, the 24th. I saw it was listed as the 24th. So we're right in the middle of that season. A lot of high school students are all wound up about attending the prom. And all of that hype and all of that uh, sort of air of excitement, I think, certainly presents a challenge to teenagers who are Christians and I'm sure, I mean, I'm I'm old, but I can remember back in that time that there was a lot of emphasis placed upon the prom. And, uh, you know, th- there'll be the temptation that a lot of Christian teenagers uh, will have to be involved in that. And so we want to deal with the We want to deal with the general question of dancing tonight, but then also specifically talk some about the prom. All right, and so we'd like your feedback. We'd like to hear from you over the phone, over email tonight, and there are some questions for us to consider as well, four questions to be exact, that you sent out earlier yeah, today. Yeah, let me, give, let me give you a rundown on the questions we sent to our update list. And remember, always you can get, if you're not on that up list, update list, you can get on it by sending us an email, questions at collegeview.com, and simply say, put me on the list, and we will do that. Um, if you're not getting, if you used to get our updates, or if you have requested them and you're not getting them, my guess is that you probably have our messages are getting shuttled off into your scam uh, folder. It's spam filter. Uh, spam, 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 spam. Not scam. Right. We're not we're trying to scam control. anybody. No, we're, <laughs> we're not right. trying to scam anybody. We're trying to spam somebody, maybe. But uh, check there, and maybe you can find our messages there. Here's the here's the uh, questions I sent to our update list earlier today. Number one, how would you answer someone who argues that dancing is okay because the Bible talks about people dancing? We want to deal with that question first of all because I think that's an objection we sometimes get, Jacob. You know, okay. the Bible talks about dancing. So we'll talk about that first. So how would you answer someone who's trying to make that argument, trying to justify dancing by pointing to 
inferences to the to dancing in the Bible. Number two, what arguments would you make to show that dancing, and we're talking here specifically the sort of dancing that's going to be done at the prom at, uh, in your area high school, how would you show, what scriptural arguments would you make to show that that kind of dancing is sinful? Number three, do you believe that it would be acceptable for a Christian to go to the prom if they did not dance? I hear, right. I hear that a lot. All right. That's you know, a good one. I'm going to go, but I'm not going to dance. Okay. And so I don't think it's wrong to go as long as I don't dance. Okay. But we want to kind of cover that. And then number four, if you were discussing the prom with a Christian who's a senior in high school, what things would you say to help them make their decision to go or not to go? What kind of arguments would you present to them? Maybe you think it's okay for them to go and tell why. Or if you, and I'll tell you where I'm at right now, I'm at don't go, and I want to be prepared to give them some good reasons why not. Some listeners tonight will probably disagree with that conclusion. We'd like to hear from you on that. That'll come later in the program after we talk about dancing in general at the beginning of the program. So we're looking forward to you joining in the discussion. This is a listener interactive program. We give you the opportunity to let your voice be heard literally over the phone, and it's a toll-free number, 877-381-4567. And we'll also let your fingers do the talking if you want. Uh, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. But join in on the discussion tonight. It is the prom season. What do you think about uh, what the Scriptures teach us about dance? Jacob, I thought we might start out by just uh, – I got an article, uh, and one of our listeners sent me a link to uh, an article on the Baptist Press website – and uh, an author named Kelly Boggs had an article there entitled simply, What's the Point of the Proms? And he was sort of condemning the whole process uh, in his article, maybe not even as strongly as I would. But he says, he, he just gives some inference as to what is going on at the prom. He says, long gone are the days when a gymnasium decorated with crepe paper would suffice as a venue. A nice suit and dress no longer cut it in today's prom fashion environment. And attempting to spike the punch, I guess that used to be a trick at the prom. That's passe. That's all. That's not. That's not nearly risque enough. He, he says. Okay. He says today's prom venues are ballrooms at posh hotels. Teens spend hundreds of dollars and some even thousands of dollars on dresses, tuxedos, and limousines. While alcohol and sex are not recognized as official prom agenda items, they have nevertheless become part and parcel of the experience. Some irresponsible parents even spend big money on after-the-prom escapades, securing hotel rooms for their teens to frolic in, unchaperoned, a few even provide alcohol. Exacerbating the whole prom experience is grinding. The overly overt sexual dance style popular with many of today's teens. Grinding makes the slow dancing of of other eras look like the hokey pokey. The, the website prettyforprom.com sums up the current activity. Quote, today's proms have become expensive all-night affairs with after-the-prom activities often extending into the dawn of the next day. Stretch hummers, fancy dresses, and glamorous ballrooms are now prom night standards. Non-traditional couples. You know what that means, Jacob? Uh, unfortunately, I do. It, uh, that's not the, man, the boy and the girl anymore. It could be a boy and a boy or a girl and a girl. Right. Non-traditional homosexual couples, we might as well say, are also becoming more co- a more common sight at the prom. In practically every way, the prom has moved beyond the days of, of a strictly chaperoned etiquette banquet 
to glamorous extravaganzas where nearly anything goes. That's probably the most significant statement there. Nearly anything goes at the prom. All right. Uh, that's what uh, that's what an adult says about it. What about kids? Uh, got some quotes uh, from uh, some kids on a website that would ask, uh, what is prom? And uh, Whitney from LaGrange, Georgia, says prom is not just about having sex or anything. It's about having fun, being with your friends, and partying with your friends. It's a night when us girls can dress up and show off our body. It's a night when girls feel like a princess. Show off the body. All right. Uh, Kaylin uh, from uh, Earth High School in Earth, Texas, uh, wants to get a little bit scholarly. The word prom comes from the Latin word promenusca, which uh, the English then adapted to promenade, which means to do the dance of lovers. And then um, uh, Ashley uh, from uh, Utica, Mississippi, says, I think prom is a time when everyone can get together to have a great time. And as for couples, it's a night to show their true feelings, their true romance. When asked what they're going to do after prom, uh, Selena, who's 17, from Helenwood, Tennessee, says, I will be having sex with my boyfriend for hours upon hours on prom night. But so what? Why should anyone else care? And honestly, does it matter? There you go. So that's what uh, the kids are thinking for uh, prom is about. Uh, all over, uh, lots of different comments about uh, the uh, escapades that will be having afterwards. Uh, one talking about uh, they're going to have lots and lots of booze as they're in their hotel room together. Okay, there you go. So that's what's happening with the prom. I mean, I think some of us who are older, if we really knew all of that goings on, would be pretty shocked because I think it has changed over time. Not to say that the prom was right in my day, but it sure has uh, exploded into a whole lot more of sinful activities thereafter. All right. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to our questions, and we're going to get to that prom question I hope we've got some young people listening tonight who are who I hope you've already got your mind made up about the decision that you will make. If not, I hope we can t- say some things that will help you make a right and important decision relative to the problem. Our first question was, how do you answer some someone who argues that dancing is OK because the Bible talks about people dancing? Jacob, that's a, that's an argument that's sometimes made. You can read about dancing in the Bible and it's not necessarily condemned in the Bible, at least not everywhere. All right. Uh, we asked that question earlier today. If you'd like to join in, what do you think? Is is uh, the, the fact that the Bible mentions dancing, is that uh, then permission for us to engage in uh, dancing like we'll see at the proms in America today? Uh, Anthony in Columbia responded to our question today and sent in this response, which we appreciate. The Bible talks about all kinds of immoral activities. I don't think Anthony's saying that the, and he goes on to say, he doesn't think that the dancing mentioned in the Old Testament is immoral, but Anthony makes a good point. Just because the Bible mentions it, doesn't the, the, mean that it's okay. The Bible mentions homosexuality and adultery Sacrificing and murder. Babies. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's okay just because it's in the Bible. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. He says this doesn't make them right. Dancing was, however, part of life to an extent in the Old Testament. But under the New Covenant, we do not have any authority to employ dancing in the worship of God. And furthermore, we have specific instruction against lasciviousness, which describes most kind of dancing these days. Interesting point, because there are people today who have dance teams in their worship services. Uh, we wouldn't have any authority for that. They right. may have done that in the Old Testament. We don't have authority for it today. Um, and uh, he says we should be careful to avoid knee-jerk reaction when it comes to the issue of dancing, though. We need to be circumspect. The New Testament clearly condemns lasciviousness, but it does not condemn dancing per se. Uh, there could be some kinds of dancing uh, that would be authorized. Anything that is lewd or involves unchaste contact between members of the opposite sex, absolutely not appropriate. But doing the chicken dance when your favorite team scores a touchdown, I personally don't think that is condemned. 
even though in a sense it's, it's, it is it's dancing. Foolishness, but it's not that's right. Not, not lasciviousness. All right. <laughs> um, just uh, with many traditional church issues, we need to be sure we understand the underlying scriptural basis for our objections, rather than just memorizing a list of things that are bad. All right. I think Anthony is exactly right in his observations there. In fact, I put together just a quick little list, and you may add to this list if you do a search. But I came up with several illustrations of what I would refer to as non-sinful dancing mentioned in the Bible. Uh, for instance, there were dances of rejoicing in the Old Testament. In Exodus 15, verse 20, Miriam and some of the women of Israel danced a dance of rejoicing when they had been delivered through the Red Sea uh, to escape from the bondage of Egypt. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 6, some of the women of Israel danced when when the army of Israel returned after the defeat of the Philistines, which defeat had been initiated by David killing the giant Goliath. Um, Were they doing the chicken dance? I don't think it was the chicken dance, but it was a dance of rejoicing. And then I found in the New Testament, and even our Lord Jesus Christ spoke of such things in the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15 at verse 25, when the prodigal had returned home, the elder brother came near and he heard music and dancing Mm -hmm. uh, because the younger brother had returned home. Well, you'd have to say that Jesus there by implication is saying that that would not have been a wrong thing. He wouldn't have used a wrong thing to illustrate his, his lesson there. So I think Jesus is acknowledging that certain kind of a dance of rejoicing would not necessarily be sinful. Now, I don't think any of those things would suggest lewdness, nothing lascivious about any of those kinds of references. Right. Uh, some other Old Testament references, uh, dances of praise or devotion, Psalm 49, verse 3, Psalm 150, verse 4. David uh, danced a, a dance of praise and devotion in 2 Samuel 6, verses 12 and following when the Ark of the Covenant was moved and so forth. Now, what we're saying in that is that we we acknowledge that the Bible does refer to dancing in some places without condemnation. Old and New Testament. Old and New. At first I thought you could only find it in the Old, but then I, I thought of that reference of the prodigal son, parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. So you, you, I think Anthony's observations in his email are correct. You can't say cross the board blanket condemnation of anything that's referred to as dancing. You can't do that. But now the Bible does mention dances that were sinful. For instance, in Matthew chapter 14, when the daughter of Herodias danced before Herod, and apparently it was a lewd, lascivious kind of thing, and he... Uh, because of his very pleased reaction to what she had done, offered her whatever she wanted, and she asked for the head of John the Baptist, uh, and then in his pride he couldn't back down, and he uh, allowed that to be so. Uh, That would be an example of sinful dancing in the Bible. And then I've got another reference. Let me look over here in Exodus chapter 32, verses 19 and 20, when Moses came down from the mountain uh, God, he had been with God on Mount Sinai, receiving the law. Remember, he came carrying down the the original stone tablets containing the inscription God, by God's hand of the of the Ten Commandments. But it says in Exodus thirty two verse nineteen, it came to pass as soon as he came into came nigh to the camp that he saw the golden calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hand and break them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it with powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel to drink it. Now, uh, that's including uh, 
the, the lewdness. And earlier in that same chapter, it talks about some of the lewdness that was associated uh, with the children of Israel dancing and partying in reference to the golden calf. So, so I, I guess in summary to that, what I would say is, yeah, we acknowledge that the Bible sometimes mentions non-sinful dancing, but it also suggests dances of lewdness and lasciviousness, and it does condemn it. So what we're talking about is of the latter sort. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll continue the discussion on the other side. We'll continue to talk about what the Bible says about dancing as we lead up to the question about what about the prom tonight on the virtual Bible study. If you're watching our Ustream video from our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com, you can join in with other listeners in the chat room. If you'll click on the menu button at the lower portion of the video there, you'll see a, uh, the window will, will change, and you'll, you'll see a prompt to go to our show page. If you go to our show page, then the chat room will be on your right, and you can view comments that are being made by other listeners tonight. So check out our chat room if you're not in it tonight. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? The College View Church is still trying to be a church like the church you read about in the Bible, and they're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return to the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. Welcome in to the Virtual Bible Study. If you're just joining us, if you have been with us, you know we're talking about dancing on the program tonight. And we're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. Jacob, in the, in the chat room, Anthony, whose good comment we just read from email, is in the chat room as well. And Anthony mentions, and I think he's exactly right, not all forms of dancing are sinful, so we should just be careful that we're specific when we discuss this with non-believers or with brethren, for that matter. And I think that's a good point. We don't want to lose credibility by making some kind of categorical statement that, that we don't even believe. It can't be defended. And it can't be defended. Exactly right. So let's be careful. Make sure that we are identified with what we're talking about. Uh, and so that's why in the question, the second question that we'll go to, I ask, what arguments would you make to show that dancing of the sort that will be done at the prom is sinful? What arguments would you make? In that article that we read from the Baptist Press, it referred to a very popular type of dance that couples do, which is called grinding an overtly sexual dance popular with many of today's teens. That's what we're talking about when we talk about sinful dancing today, modern dance of the sinful sort, the kind that will be done at the prom. It doesn't even have to be that modern. It doesn't even have to be that modern, right. Some of the uh, some of the old-fashioned dances certainly would fall into uh, condemnation from the Scriptures. What scriptures? I noticed, I noticed in the chat room, uh, Jacob, avid explorer in the chat room says, he, he's always amazed how close they dance with one another in the movies in the 30s and 40s. How can a man be that close to a woman and not have feelings? 
in, in such a tight embrace. And I think he's right. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be the grinding that kids are doing today, but it, it is it is dancing that is that we're going to categorize as lewd and provokes lascivious thoughts. All right. How about some definitions from Go. secular sources on Go. what dance is all about? Uh, this source is the Encyclopedia Britannica under their entry for the art of dance. Now, this is from the 1979 edition, so somewhat dated. But uh, the definition they give is the popular teenage dances of the mid-20th century have no set steps. The dancers respond spontaneously to the beat of musicians. Uh, the, the degree of satisfaction attained by young people twisting or shaking to the blare of amplified music in dance halls, further enlivened by psychedelic lighting, is different from the pleasure derived by the elders waltzing to the Blue Danube. Did, you, do you know about the Blue Danube? It's a famous song. Okay, but it is only a difference of age and time. Fundamentally, both age groups are enjoying the pleasure of dancing in their own way. The end product is doubtless the same. Physical pleasure in the activity of dancing and sexual awareness of their partner, whether embraced or half-consciously observed. That's from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, Collier's Encyclopedia says the social dance has uh, has usually been the result of joint physical exuberance and sex stimuli. All right. Okay. And um, so it, it, it's it, even those who are coming at this from a secular viewpoint have no trouble determining what modern dance is about. OK, so what what Bible arguments are we going to make then to say that that sort of dancing, the kind that I hope we have now defined, what Bible arguments are we going to use? Well, I'm going to use this word from the Bible that is condemned. Dancing is reveling, Jacob. Let's use the word reveling as one of the things that dancing is of this sort. First Peter four verse three says the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot. Galatians chapter five, I won't read them all, but revelings is mentioned as one of the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter five, beginning verse nineteen. Now what's revelings? Lytle and Scott says it's a joy, a, a jovial festivity with music, dancing, a carousal, merrymaking. Vincent says it's festival entertainment that was accompanied by carousing and dancing. I think we would say it's wild partying, uh, but uh, it, it, it makes reference, the, the word reveling there, it makes reference to dancing in association with other things, evil Things that are going on, which uh, the prom, as you we've noted, we has said, all those other things. Yeah, prettyforprom.com says today nearly anything goes at the prom, so it would be reveling. It'd be wild partying. Okay, all right. Now, a word that we've mentioned several times already tonight, Jacob, is the word lasciviousness. And again, Galatians chapter five, beginning at verse nineteen, where it lists the works of the flesh. Lasciviousness is one of those. Plainly stated there is works of the flesh, and Galatians 5, verse 21 says, They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So lasciviousness is is an important word. I think it's an important word for us to understand in so many considerations. It it certainly um, has reference to dancing. It has reference to some of the immodest kind of clothes people wear these days and so forth. But in reference to dancing, notice some of the definitions Vine says that lasciviousness, quote, denotes excess, licentiousness, absence of restraint, indecency, wantonness, 
shameless outrages on public decency. I'm not sure that helps a lot, but I tell you the definition I like better is from Thayer. Thayer says wanton acts or manners such as filthy words, indecent bodily movements, unchaste or unpure handling of males and females. Now, that's that's a very workable definition, and I think we all need to almost memorize that because lasciviousness is a word that we don't use in normal conversation. It's a Bible word that we very rarely uh, ever would use other than reading it in our, in our Bibles, but it's it's an important thing to understand. And Thayer's got a good working definition. Filthy words, indecent bodily movements, impure or unchaste handling of males and females. That almost exactly defines what we're talking about in modern dancing. Absolutely. Uh, this is an account from 1938, from a work in, written in 1938, again with a secular approach. Uh, but even in 1938, uh, this writer says, Another motive for the dance is the sexual motive. The dance has always been used as a means of expressing sexual desire and as a means of wooing. And he's probably talking about those who are waltzing to the Blue Danube, yeah. all right, not doing the grind and the other things. We find the same sex motive in the modern ballroom dance, which is now denigrated into dull and stupid forms, but it is a legitimate opportunity for contact. The, the dance is a legitimate opportunity to have the close contact with uh, those of the opposite sex, and it somehow legitimizes it. Okay. Webster's Dictionary simply says lasciviousness is tending to produce lewd emotions. In other words, it makes you think bad thoughts, evil thoughts. And so all of that lasciviousness is condemned. And and you got to say, Jacob, that that's, from the even the secular definitions that you've provided here, that's what dancing does. Dancing is clearly lasciviousness. And therefore, any passage that condemns lasciviousness and the best one of all is Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, where it lists lasciviousness as one of the works of the flesh, and they who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's real plain. I mean, I don't see how you get around that. All right. Absolutely. You know, I've heard it, I've heard the point made this way, and I think it does a good job. Uh, if, you know, those who say dancing's okay, it doesn't, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, the question's been asked, what if we turned off the music and turned up the lights? Would you still... Uh, Yeah, to sort of expand on that illustration, what if you came home and found your wife dancing with another man? Right. Well, I guess a lot of people in the modern world maybe wouldn't object. What if you turned the music off and you found them doing the same thing with no music on? Right. You'd probably be really upset. Yep. Because it, it is overtly sexual in most instances, and that's what we're talking about here. Dancing is lasciviousness. It is condemned in the Bible. The kind of dancing we're talking about. Remember the kind of dancing that we're talking about. Um, and then, uh, I would again, what we're looking for here is arguments that you would uh, use to teach somebody or convince somebody that that dancing is sinful. Anthony in his email said, as mentioned uh, as mentioned earlier, a proper understanding of lasciviousness is required to understand why the New Testament prohibits most kinds of modern dancing. So Anthony is is on that word as well. Um, and then I would argue from the scriptures, Jacob, that the fruits of dancing are evil. Jesus made made a uh, an important sort of test or rule. When he said in Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 16, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Now, I think in that text, Jesus there was specifically talking about false teachers, but he's stating a principle. 
what comes of a thing tells something about what that thing is, the fruit that it produces. What is the result of pursuing that course of activity uh, tells something about okay. the tree itself. Good point. Now, here, here's a test. Dancing in general, the prom specifically, which we want to get to here in a minute, but what does it encourage? So you went to the dance. You went to the prom. As a result of that, were you therefore more inclined to Bible study, mm-hmm. to prayer, to teaching lost people about Jesus? You know, I went to the dance, and when I got done dancing, man, I just wanted to go home and read my Bible. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go home, and, and I just felt so close to the Lord, I really wanted to spend a lot of time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Or you went to the prom, you went to the dance, and therefore you were really tempted to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And there was strong temptation. Lots of the people who were at the dance, and they were trying to get me involved, too, in a lot of sexual activity, mm-hmm. immoral Illicit sexual activity, all kinds of immoral. In other words, what's the fruit of going to the dance? What's the fruit of going to the prom? By Jesus said, "By their fruits you shall know them." What did what did attending such a thing? How did it help you? What 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 was the outcome of it? What did it what was it in, in, inclining you to to go toward? By their fruits you shall know them. Absolutely, I think right. it's a good rule. All right, let's uh, go ahead and take a break. Get this week's bullet point, and then we'll continue the discussion. We're getting closer to the discussion about what about the prom? What answer would you give uh, if you are a young person? Are you going to the prom? If you're a parent, are you going to allow your children to go to the prom? If you're just a concerned adult, what advice do you give to others when they're considering going to the prom? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. There seems to be a lot of confusion concerning the grace of God. We believe that a lot of error has been taught on the subject. A preacher was recently heard to say, quote, We are not saved by the right stance on any doctrinal issue, but rather by the grace of God. Do you get it? He's saying that it doesn't matter what you believe or practice on any Bible subject. God's grace covers all. We deny it. We've often said that grace is the unmerited or unearned love and favor of God. That seems to be a fair and accurate definition. Now, let's be sure we understand it. Consider this example. Say I make the following offers to two different individuals. To fellow number one, I say, wash my car and I'll pay you $5. To fellow number two, I say, come to my house and I'll give you $5. Is there any difference here? Of course there is. If you don't think so, just ask these two fellows. Individual number one has to work to earn his $5 as he washes my car. But fellow number two receives a gift. The first fellow has to earn his $5 by doing meritorious work. But the second fella illustrates a gift given on the basis of meeting a condition. The condition was come to my house. He doesn't do anything to deserve the $5. It's a gift, but he must meet the condition of coming to my house to receive it. Salvation is the product of God's grace. There is nothing that you can do to earn it. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says. However, there are conditions you must meet in order to receive it. Conditions like confessing our faith, Romans 10, verse 10, and repenting and being baptized for the remission of sins, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. So then, yes, you must be right in matters of doctrine in order to be saved. These doctrinal matters are God's conditions in order to receive his gift of salvation. It's still a gift, not earned. 
It is by God's grace. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're talking about the dance and the prom. And what do you think about it? Let us know your thoughts. If you're not in the chat room tonight, you can join in by following the instructions on your screen. If you'll click on the menu button, if you're watching us from the virtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Jacob, uh, Arthur in Cullioca, Tennessee, has sent an email uh Long lines that illustration we were using a minute ago. He said uh, a husband came home and noticed that his daughter and boyfriend and her boyfriend were acting in such a manner. And he was very highly upset when he discussed it with his wife, the mother. She told him they were just dancing, and they said, oh, "Well, then I guess it's okay." I hope that's not a true story. Well, so he it, presents it, it like it may be. It may be, but I mean, just because of what you call it makes it okay. If it looks like illicit or immoral or uh, sexual behavior, and yet, well, oh, it's dancing. Well, then it's okay. Right. It's just you just no. call it. You you call the skunk uh, a cat, and then you're okay with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, all right. Now, what we want to do uh, is get to this next question, and, and I wish we could get a little more response. I was hoping we'd get more response uh, on the question three that we asked. Uh, and if you're listening, if you haven't sent us a reply, send us one. Do you think it would be okay? We've we've defined dancing, the kind of dancing we're talked about. We've shown from the Bible why that kind of dancing is sinful. I just don't know how we can argue against the plain statements of the Bible. It's reveling. It is especially lasciviousness. It has bad fruits. It puts us in a place of temptation. That's one argument that we didn't offer, Jacob, that we should. To go to such places where such things are. Participate in such things certainly exposes us to temptation that we don't have to deal with if we don't go there. But it's normal. It's accepted. In fact, it's encouraged, these sinful behaviors. And so it uh, then begins to weaken our defense against those sinful activities. Well, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, to flee youthful lust. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, we've got young Christians today who are not fleeing from it. They're, go- they're running toward it. In regards to the to various dances and especially the prom, okay. they're not fleeing from the danger, the sec, the sexual temptation. They're actually rushing toward it. So, again, that would be another argument that we would offer. And one more argument, Jacob, is is concerning your influence. As Christians, we got to be concerned about our influence in general. Uh, Matthew five sixteen, Jesus said, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." Am I letting my light shine if I go to the dance? Am I letting my light shine if I go to the prom? And are people going to see me in that environment and say, that guys he's really a great Christian. I want to be like him. Okay. So I think you got to think the answer is obviously no. I think we've we got to be concerned about our influence. All right. Uh, Avid Explorer says, even if you will not be tempted, you give a hearty approval to those that do such things. Okay. All right. Uh, along those lines, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Am I reproving or am I approving of the activities that go on at the prom if I attend? Okay, let's, let's, let's tie that in because I think that goes right to this, this third question we asked. Do you believe that it would be acceptable for a Christian to go to the prom if they did not dance? Okay. <clears throat> that's, that's the justification that I hear pretty often, and I've heard it from a lot of people it's okay to go. I just won't dance. It's the dancing 
I, I agree. Okay, I'm willing to agree. Someone says, uh, maybe reluctantly, but I will acknowledge the arguments from the scriptures that say I shouldn't be engaged in dancing per se. Right. I'm, but I'm going to go. I just won't dance. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the 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 points that some are making in the chat room. And also the, the passage of scripture you just read from Ephesians five, verse eleven, suggests that if I go, if I'm if I'm in that, it, it, I, I'm I'm suggesting my approval or my endorsement of it by going. Sure. Well, because that is the the purpose. We call it a prom. We don't call it a dinner. We don't call it a dress up and go on a date. We call it a prom because that is the f- purpose for the uh, the attendance. The purpose of that is as a dance. That's the reason people go. They don't go just to eat dinner. They don't go just to have their picture taken. They go there for a dance. Now, I have been places where uh, there was dancing going on, Dad. I think uh, a few years ago, uh, I was on the square in Columbia. I don't know if it was a car show or some type of festival they were having. They had a band up on the the steps of the courthouse, and they began to play the music. And uh, a dance broke out. A dance broke out. I don't know if you were there or not. Uh, you've probably been at uh, such yeah, a thing yeah, like that yeah. where some old couple thinks that the appropriate thing to do is get up and dance and make everybody look at them. All right. I didn't get up and run away from that, and I don't think you did if you were there. It's not wrong to be someplace where dancing may occur, but when you're going to someplace that is labeled a dance, that is and that's the purpose of it being. Uh, in other words, if we were on the square for that festival or car show or whatever it was, we weren't there. And if somebody saw us there, they wouldn't say they he would. went to a dance. Right. Uh, now, if, again, if there was somebody dancing there, th- that's not what it was known for, and that's not right. what we are in attendance for. Right. Um, uh, so, again, but but to go to the prom or to go to a school dance or to go to someplace that is identified as a dance, then by being there, you suggest your endorsement. Of the activity, whether you dance or not. Furthermore, you may have been at a festival like that where uh, someone brought alcohol, right? Uh, because you saw the alcohol there, you wouldn't run away. But you wouldn't go to a festival that was labeled a beer fest, right? right. Or, or, or you wouldn't go to a bar, right? You know where that's what it's identified for. Uh, Anthony asked something along that line here in his comment. He says this is an interesting question, which which really opens up a whole topic into itself. How far can a Christian go when it comes to places he goes or activities he attends? What about a music concert where there's certain or very likely to be drunk or half-dressed people or worse? Or how about dining at a restaurant that also has a bar? This all gets down to judgment, I believe. In my view, it would be very difficult to justify going to the prom even if you don't dance. It seems poor judgment. But I'm not sure we can say much more than that, especially here in the Bible Belt. If a Christian goes to the prom, it would certainly reflect very negatively on them and on the church. For this reason alone, at least in our area, I believe it would be very unwise. Uh, and he looks forward to hearing other thoughts on the question. He, I do, too. If you haven't sent us He a, has amended his response to number three based upon some of the descriptions that we read. He said he might be a little bit more forceful in his condemnation of the attendance. So, okay. All right. All right, but but here but he asked a question I think is appropriate. What about going to a concert where there'll be drunk or half-dressed people? Well, I think and he mentions there seems to be need to be some judgment applied here. There are some concerts that are just going to be that way and you know it and you don't not far from here Jacob they have in the summer every year they have a big outdoor festival called Bonnaroo. Mhm. And there's nakedness and drunkenness all over the place. It's 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 akin to the old outdoor uh, 
thing years ago where the hippies hung out at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a modern Woodstock. Mm-hmm. I don't think any Christians have got any business going to that sort of a concert where that's what it's known for. Now, you might go to another concert in, in a different kind of venue, and maybe that's not the reputation of that sort of concert or that kind of, that kind of performer. And so you're going to have to use some judgment there, some mm-hmm. discretion. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to have to want to err on the side of safety or caution. Because I know how my influence, if nothing else, could be tarnished. And I don't want to get close to you know damaging my influence, nor do I want to get close to being tempted myself. Exactly right. And that would go also to his question about dining at a restaurant that has a bar. My argument on that is all, establish- all establishments have a reputation. There are restaurants that serve alcohol, and then there are bars that serve food. Mm-hmm. If I go to a restaurant, and it may happen to serve alcohol, it, if, if someone sees me going in or coming out of that place, they don't react by saying, Greg's been to a bar. They just assume I've been in a restaurant for a good meal. But on the other hand, if I went to a different kind of an establishment, it's a bar. It may, you may be able to be served a dinner there, too, or food. But its reputation is it's a hangout, it's a bar, it's an alcoholic distributing distributing mm-hmm. kind of facility. Mm-hmm. If I went there and I went there just to eat a meal, someone saw me coming or going and they said, I saw Greg at a bar. I gotta I gotta judge that. I gotta make a judgment about that. What is the reputation of this place? And based upon the reputation of this place, do I have any business associating there? And so I think I think that Anthony raises a good question. Now, back to the prom question. Uh, what about a person who says, I'm going to the prom, but I'm not going to dance? What impression have you left with right. people? Right. The impression is that you've gone to a dance, and you are therefore endorsing the activities of the dance. That's right. Let's take it one step farther. What about, and maybe we can take a break and let our chat room listeners join in on this. You know, the going thing, we talk, you talked about uh, what, what is the non-traditional couples, right? The homosexuals. They're having homosexual proms now. All homosexuals. It's it's homosexual. Now, would you allow your son or your daughter to take a date to a homosexual prom? They're not going to dance. They're not going to be engaged in homosexuality. They're just going to get their picture taken. They're just going to eat dinner. Would you let your? We don't have to. We let. We'll let our chat room join in on that one. Do you? Would you let your children go to the homosexual prom? Now, I can make the exact same arguments that you might make. In support of the heterosexual prom, would you let your kids go to that? Or if you're in high school, if you're a young person, would you go to the homosexual prom? We'd like to hear your answers. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll we'll get those answers. And uh, if you'd like to join in on the phone, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Do you remember a time when no one had ever heard of a church with a family life center or a gymnasium? Can you think back to a time when Good Brethren would have been outraged to see a church budget overloaded with kitchen equipment and supplies, athletic equipment, and buses to carry kids to amusement parks? Are you concerned because the church you're attending has gotten all wrapped up in things that you know should not even be a part of the work of the church? Would you like to find a congregation that is committed to simply doing Bible things in Bible ways? If so, please visit the College U Church of Christ. Come see for yourself. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com. 
or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back in tonight. We're glad you're part of the program. We are talking about the prompt, should a Christian attend, should a young person attend. If you're a young person tonight, we'd like for you to let us know, are you planning to attend the prom, or why or why not? Let us know your thoughts. Before the the break, you wanted to make a comment, and I cut you off, but uh, we asked the question, could you go to the homosexual prom? Right, you're going there with your date. Well, my, what I was going to say when you were making that point is the ki- your kids wouldn't want to go to that. In other words, uh, uh, let's say we've got, a, we've got a straight boy and girl here, but the school where they attend is having a, a, a homosexual prom. They're not even going to ask you, can they go? Because they know that in going to there, they'd be associated with that activity, and they don't want to be associated with it. They know that their presence at that would be taken as an endorsement of that homosexual activity, and they wouldn't want to be associated with that. And so I think that proves the point that we've been trying to make. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Uh, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Sharon says no. Uh, DM Holton 05 says no. Um, Anthony agrees as well in uh, Columbia. Uh, Uh, We got a comment in the chat room from Orange K5, who I think is Joel, and he says – regarding what we were saying earlier, you drink at a bar, you eat at a restaurant, you dance at a prom. Right. Now, what's it known for? What are you going there? And by being there, what will you be suggesting that you're involved in? All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. He also agrees. No way would he let his kids go uh, to the homosexual prom. But, but I really think that the interesting twist on that, I never thought of illustrating the way you did, Jacob. I really think the interesting twist on that is your kids wouldn't want to go. I mean, if you've got straight kids, normal kids, not homosexuals, they wouldn't even be asking you, could they go to the homosexual prom? Because they would know that if they were seen there, others would take that as as an indication of what they are and what they what they're into. Right. And now it, apply that to a regular prom. If as a Christian, I go to a regular prom, people are going to take that as an indication of what I'm about, what I like, what I endorse, what I'm what I'm in favor of. OK. And and. Christians shouldn't want to be interpreted that way. All right. Uh, Sharon doesn't agree. Uh, so, uh, Sharon, uh, give us a call or send us an email or send some more comments into the chat room. Uh, and uh, oh, oh, well, she, she, she says the kids might not have a problem with it, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, you might be right, Sharon. That's a sad commentary on our world that uh, homosexuality has been promoted so aggressively that even young people don't. Even young people who are not homosexuals don't have the distaste for it that they should have. Okay. Good. I think you're right, Sharon. I understand. Okay. All right. Uh, so what we do got, you think? What What are some reasons why you would go or why you wouldn't go? How would you uh, answer the question to someone who was uh, considering? Okay. Here's, here's our last question, and this is one we want to deal with as we go to the top of the hour here. If you were discussing the problem with a Christian who's a senior in high school, what things would you say – to help them as they face the decision to go or to not go to the prom. Well, I don't often do this, Jacob. I got a little article here by uh, a preacher named Bobby Duncan, and I thought he really – I'm not going to read all of this, but I, I, uh, I thought there was a good, pretty good point he made in here. He, he's, and I'm just going to read part of this article. He says, The Bible plainly teaches that it's wrong to dance. The evidence which proves dancing wrong is overwhelming and irrefutable. 
The appeal of the dance is the same as the, the appeal of parking and petting, and the ultimate end towards, toward which they lead is the same. Those who've lived long enough to be parents know this to be true, though their sons and daughters may not yet know it. But, someone says, these children are seniors only once in their lives. And this statement is sometimes made to suggest that it's okay to sin since this is the only opportunity these young people will ever have to commit this particular sin as high school seniors to go to the prom. One would be led to believe that he is allowing to pass a great opportunity that will never again present itself. Well, he says the truth of the matter is that high school seniors do have an opportunity to do something they will never again have the opportunity to do. They will never again have such a great opportunity to demonstrate their loyalty to that their loyalty to Christ is more important than anything else. Remember, you're only a senior once and never again will you be able to show those who you know that you even as a even excuse me who I'll start that over. You are a senior only once and never again will you be able to show those who know you that even the senior prom cannot cause you to put yourself in a compromising position. If you choose to go to the prom, you will have passed by an opportunity to do the will of God that will never present itself again. I thought that was a great, a, a great observation and a tremendous way to look at it. And that might be some words that could be used to help a young person, Jacob. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, the prom. And you have a once in a lifetime opportunity to show that you don't endorse such things. You have a once in a lifetime opportunity to take a stand that you'll never have a chance to, to take again. All right. Uh, so uh, you are, as you would uh, attend that, then wasting an opportunity to maybe have a discussion with someone. Right. Explain so- to someone why you believe what you believe. And for crying out loud, you have an opportunity to stand for your convictions. Yeah. And uh, we're not willing to do that very often anymore. Exactly right. What What uh, would you say to a young person uh if you had a chance, and, and I think lots of us from time to time have such opportunity to interact with some of our young people. Every young person is going to be facing this temptation at that point in their life. What kind of things could you and would you say to encourage them? All right. What about the alternative activities? Uh, someone has mentioned in the chat room about alternative activities on prom night. Uh, so if you don't want your children to go to prom, you create an alternative activity. Maybe you take them out uh, for a fancy dinner. You throw some other party that doesn't include dancing uh, for the kids at, on that night. What do you think about that? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, hey, I'd like to. I'd like to hear uh, if you, you all in the chat room, or if you've got a, if you want to send us an email real quick, respond to that. And this is going to be. We're, we're delving purely into judgment here. At this do, point. Yeah. Do you favor those kind of alternative activities or not? Tell us what you think. Why and why not? Uh, uh, let me give you some more. Here's here's another little article by Frank Immel on things that we might say to the young people to enc- to encourage them as they're trying to make this tough decision, mm-hmm. this very trying okay. decision. Ask this question. Will the same peer pressure that makes me want to go to the prom now make me want to dance when I get there now make me want to commit the other immoral acts that the people who are there are going to be engaging in, drinking, sexuality, and so forth? Right. Good question. If I feel so pressured to go, then will I be? Will I feel pressured to do the other things they're doing there? And will it be easy for me to take a stand against what's going on when I'm asked to to join in? Will it be easy for me to do that, or will I have to then somehow soften my stance against it so that I look cool and I fit in? Yeah. All right. right. I think that's a great test. Number two, am I sure I will be able to control my thoughts while watching others? Okay. I'm not going to dance. 
But I'm going to see them down. I'm going to see them doing that grinding. Can I control my thoughts while I do? Uh, will going make me a light to the world? As Jesus said, let your light so shine, Matthew 5, 16. Uh, or will I, will, will I be, and will I be exposing the, the evil works of darkness as Ephesians 5.11 says I'm supposed to? Well, mm-hmm. I don't think you can answer either one of those questions. You're not going to be a light and you're not going to be exposing evil. No, another one, am I absolutely 100% sure this is right? If I've got any doubt in my mind, Romans 14.23 says that I should not act if it violates my conscience in any way at all. And then, a pretty good test for lots of things. Would I want the Lord to know I was there? What if he came while the prom was going on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course, the bottom line is he does know. Okay. And he observes all that I do. He knows I'm at the prom if I decide to go. Good. I think those are good questions to ask. Good things to consider. Uh, along the lines of what about the prom alternative? A few listeners have chimed in. If you haven't, uh, chime in now. Uh, but Anthony says that we have to be careful with the prom alternative stuff, he thinks. Uh, same concepts of, as euphemisms, possibly. He says as long as it has nothing in common with the real prom, it might be okay. But Orange K5 in uh, the chat room uh, posts uh, this comment, which is interesting. He says uh, some of the pics, pictures posted on Facebook are not identifiable as is it a banquet picture or is it a prom picture? You know, you put that picture out there on the mantle or you post it on the Internet. Uh, you look like you went to the prom and danced. You know, no one really, no one who's not a Christian would assume that you didn't go. Because that's the way people dress when they're going with, out uh, to the dance. I, I see two sides to this coin. I, I, I see the idea, and, and I think as parents, all parents should be concerned with providing wholesome avenues for <clears throat> young people to socialize and so forth. I, that, that's all good. I'm not disputing that at all. And so if you know, on that side of the coin, I can say it's a good thing to give them a diversion, maybe give them something alternative so they don't feel like, you know, odd man out so badly. And I understand that kind of thinking, and I and I don't necessarily condemn it. But on the other side of the coin, there's some there's some value to be learned by making a sacrifice, giving up something, not being able to do something for 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 just cause, for righteous reasons. And you know, if if our young people stay home on the night of the prom and they realize that they had to pass on something, they gave something up, they made a decision, were willing to bear the consequences of that decision, to be loyal to the Lord. I, I, I sort of think that there's an advantage to that, and so I, I can see both sides of that argument. I think, as you said, Jake, there's a whole lot of judgment involved in that, but I could I can see some value to just saying. I'm just, I'm just going to suffer it. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, as a young person, I'm going to suffer it. I'm not going to. I, I, I'm not looking for for something to take its place. I just realize that's something I'm just not in. The, the the problem is that many parents are unwilling to have their son or their daughter stand out from the crowd. They're unwilling for their daughter to, or son to look at as being weird. They're unwilling for them not to fit in. And yet the Bible tells us over and over again, we've got to be strange. We've got to be odd. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 4, it talks about uh, us when we're standing up for what's right. Those who are in the world are going to think it's strange that we're not running with them to the same excessive right. They're going to think that something's wrong with us, and there's no getting around it. And so uh, we need to be careful about sheltering our kids from that. They need to learn that lesson that I've got to be different, and they're going to look at me like i got a third eye, but that's okay. God looks at me like I'm doing the right thing, and that's all that matters. I think you're exactly right. Uh, um, 
Anthony in the chat room agrees there's two sides of the coin, and he would lean maybe toward the latter of teaching them to to bear that and to, to just to accept the reality of it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I lean on that side too. I, I agree. Um, uh, Orange K5 says, small sacrifice, big opportunity to do right. Uh, it got an email from Mike in Cullioka, Tennessee, who says, it's about like going to today's movie. Oh, oh okay. This is this is a comment in, along the lines of going but not dancing. He says it's about like going to today's movies and being able to ignore the language or the content. You cannot do it. Okay. I think he's I think he's right. All right, Thanks, Mike. And uh, we should emphasize to uh, to the young person who may be listening to this broadcast that uh, there are more important things than the prom. And you may feel important, incredible pressure at this part uh, part and point in your life. To, to engage in the prom, but there are more important things. The prom is not as important as it may seem to you right now. In just a few years, you won't care whether or not you went to the prom. You know, that's the thing. I think you make a great observation there, Jacob. Thank you. We, we all, we're all guilty of doing this. I think young people are especially guilty of it, but I think all of us know how, how old we are. The immediate thing that we're dealing with right now we think is just the be-all and the end-all. A year from now, two years from now, ten years from now, we may not even remember this. I think a, a high school senior who is so conflicted about the the prom, 10 years down the line, as he looks back on the prom, he'll scarcely even remember it, and it won't even matter. It won't be important at all. And he, won't, he won't, probably won't have contact with any of those people that he was interested in impressing at that point in his life. And yet to think of the sacrifice... And the risks that we're putting ourselves at to impress those people. People, you, you made a good point, Jacob. You're getting approval in the chat room. Sharon agrees exactly. She says, Anthony says, good point. Popularity in school is so overrated. He says it's meaningless. All the popular people I used to know are pretty miserable folks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that's really a good observation. I think do the right thing. The, do, do the right thing. I think there's a, in summary, I think there's a lot of things that we can tell our young people. And we want to bring them to that level of thinking, that level of spiritual thinking. This is a good opportunity for us to help them achieve that, uh, not to teach them compromise, go but don't dance or whatever. Don't don't yield. Don't don't let the bar down. Here's a chance for us to help them come up to a higher spiritual level. Yes, you're different. Yes, you can't go with them. Yes, you're going to have to stand out. Yes, you can't be conformed. Yes, you're going to serve God, whatever the cost. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Well, thank you for the, the discussion tonight, Dad. And, uh, thank you, Jacob. We, Thanks for everybody in the chat room. We had a good activity going on in the chat room, a lot of good comments. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been involved in our study tonight. All right. We do appreciate uh, you being involved. We appreciate your comments, and we appreciate you listening in the archived podcast version if you are. If you have any comments about what you hear on this program, what you've heard on any virtual Bible study, we would encourage you to contact us or Better yet, send us a suggestion for a future topic on the virtual Bible study. We've get, we get some requests from time to time. We got one this past week, actually several this past week, that we want to consider for future editions. So if you've got a subject you think would fit in well on uh, this forum, let us know your thoughts. We look forward to you making plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.